This is Kelly Carlin, and welcome to Waking from the American Dream. Well, I wish I had a falling tattoo And the confidence and the permanence I wanted all men Wish I had a sense to get the lay of the land To know where I stand Yeah. 
Well, hello, 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 everyone. That was Eric Cuffs, spelled K-U-F-S. Okay, get a load of that spelling. Want to know what the etymology of his name is immediately. Uh, That song is called Foreign Tattoo, and the name of his album is The Long EP, because it's got nine songs on it. That's pretty much an album. This is a very groovy guy. He um, came to us, of course, via Logan Heftel. Logan and Eric wrote uh, Logan's 99 Cent Store song, um, which they didn't like the title of, so they just wrote their own song, and it basically, but it was Basically about a 99 cent song. 99 cent store. Blah. Okay. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome, dreamers, waker uppers, polyminders, whoever you are, far and wide, here and there, and probably a little of everywhere. Uh, we are back. We are back. And uh, we have all made the beautiful. Uh, push past the summer solstice, the longest day of the year, where we all bathed in sunlight for more hours than we had uh, at any time this year. And if you were in the northernest parts of it all, those days are amazingly long. Uh, I was in Oslo five years ago around that time of year, and there was barely any uh, nighttime. It was very freaky and cool. And everyone was on the streets at all hours because no one wanted to sleep. So welcome. Welcome to July. We made it through the summer solstice. We made it through that fabulous holiday, which um, is really supposed to be um, celebrated on July 2nd, from what I understand. That's when the actual thing was written, uh, the Declaration of Independence, but they didn't ratify it until two days later. So whatever. But uh, uh, we all got a hell of a long weekend out of it so long that I had no idea what day it was by the time Sunday came around. I was completely in a fog. um, Because I'd already had a bit of a month off. As you all know, I was not here. I was away from here. I was not near a microphone, really, ever. I think I did a podcast at the end of the month. But other than that, there was very few microphones in my life, uh, let alone doing anything of real mm, productive importance, except for connecting with myself and my fellow man. It was a wild, wild month. So uh, to kick off the show, yes, I have an essay. What did I call it? Oh, the wisdom of the trees. So we're going to start with an essay, and uh, and then we will um, maybe play another song, and then we'll come back and we'll open up the phone lines. I've got some planned people ca- calling in, and I have some of you people calling in. The number to call is three two three. But hold off on your calling because uh, we've got a few things to take care of first. So around 30 minutes past the hour, I'll be taking calls from you, you fabulous listeners. And we will talk about things like especially I want to talk about grounding, staying centered, staying real in this most most fast-paced, greedy, 
technocratic, celebrity-obsessed world. Because I'm ready to talk about this because I am, I am, I'm living it, at least today. We'll see how long it lasts. All right. Essay. Hello, Essay. I'm back. The Essay writer's back. Uh, the Wisdom of Trees. That's what we're going to call this. I don't pretend to know it all. In fact, these days, I'm consciously attempting to not to pretend much of anything, including knowing it all. Actually, it seems like I'm in both the pretending and not pretending business. Some days my job is to pretend literally through writing or acting if I'm lucky. But most days I feel my job is to stand up against all the pretending our culture and civilization asks us to do. I sometimes wonder if all the pretending I was asked to do as a child in a chaotic household has set me on a course of, I will not pretend anymore, and I must inspire others to do the same. Of course, pretending is an act of imagination, and I truly believe imagination is one of the most fantastic things about being human. But I ask, can we pretend in the service of truth? Of course, creative types do it all day, every day. It's what they live for. I mean, where would our species be without the thousands of stories that carry with them the beauty and weight of truth through fantastical places and outrageous people doing unthinkable things? No, I'm not talking about Jersey Shore. And and yet even Jersey Shore allows us some glimpse into some truth about it, what it means to be human, even when we know it is reality laced with lots of pretending. As we age... Okay, as I age, I see that I don't ever have to pretend ever again that I know everything. <sighs> this is such a relief. I don't want to know everything, even though I do own a small device that I put in my hand that claims with a few strokes of a finger, I can find quickly just about anything I've ever wanted to know. As I was saying... As I age, especially after this last birthday, I see that what I want to know is less, less than ever, ever before. Well, let me clarify. It's not that I want to hide from the world. It's just that I want to know some parts of this world in a deeper, a slower, a longer, and a richer way. During my month off, I was sitting on a friend's cabin porch in the woods of the San Bernardino Mountains, reading Wendell Berry. He's a man passionately committed to defending the natural world. He is a farmer, an activist, poet, and essayist, a questioner of the modern status quo. I read that he's lived in the same place for over 37 years, the same stretch of land, and he has intimately become familiar, connected, a part of this place. It is a part of him and he a part of it. I realize that this is what I want. I want to know a place like that. I want to have an intimate relationship with a piece of earth, a living slice of the very thing this body knows so easily when I let it. I want to be a human without all the trappings of this modern mind. And when I let this thought sink in on that day, boom, my body came alive to me in a new way. The trees, the oaks and the Jeffrey pines, the dappling light, the birds, the white-headed woodpecker and scrub jay, the blue of the sky were immediately essential elements of my existence. A calm washed over me 
and a knowing was renewed. That knowing that only nature can grant you, you know, your proper place in the order of things. After a difficult two months of anniversaries for me, the births and deaths of my beloved parents, a conscious shedding of my overtly public role as, quote, the daughter of, end quote, coupled with having to put down my most precious dog, Ned, yes, and the turning of my age to the half-century mark, I was reborn among the trees. I was gifted a new vision, a vision, a new purpose, a new relationship and commitment to the body, to place, and to the sacred other. I was bestowed an urge to live deeply, slowly, passionately into ways of being in this precious body with all it knows when its senses are paid attention to. Ways of being here in this wise and intelligent place called Earth and ways of being while consciously open to what the other brings to my attention. Through close reading of these three things, I reach deep time. That place where being and knowing and doing organically dance with each other, and what is. You know that place where your true face emerges and knows exactly what needs to be done now. Watching the leaf on the tree turning It looks so pretty Before it's falling down This winter will be bright with fires burning Someone will whisper to me And I love that sound
Fab Eric Cuffs again with another song from that EP, I Have My Moments. Isn't that a great song? God, it's just, that's a song you play all summer long in your convertible or your in your horse and buggy. <laughs> Whatever the hell you got, people. Uh, yeah, you know, I love playing uh, music on this show. I know a lot of you want to just hear me talk, which I very nice. Thank you very much for that. I do appreciate that. But I love sharing this great music because I hope you go out and support these artists, pick up their uh, CDs, download their music, whatever need be. We need to help each other out, people. We need to stay away from corporate America. We need to keep each other afloat. Speaking of keeping each other afloat, um, I uh, received another just gorgeous email from a listener uh, during the month while I was off. Oh, oh, I got a call. I'm very excited, people. We will talk in a second. Holding on, holding on, getting a call here. Hello, hello. Hello? Hey, Kelly, how's it going? Hey, it's Kevin Bartini, everyone. The fabulous Kevin Bartini from New York City. Hey there, everybody. Hey there. Walking through uh, Central Park West uh, right now. So if you hear some traffic in the background, uh, that's what uh, that's what's going on, heading off to my spot. I love it. And uh, the uh, the foliage of Central Park, I'm picturing that all the tulips have already bloomed and gone, and now we're on to some other kind of bursting of color in some way, I'm sure. Actually, well, actually, I'm not seeing a lot of color. I'm just seeing a lot of green. It's just all the trees are in bloom. I'm not seeing, at least from where I'm walking right now, I don't see much by way of flowers, but it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Beautiful night here in New York, too. Oh, gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing a little bit because I just, I just read my uh, opening essay. I've been off the air for a month, and one of the things uh-huh. I said in the essay that I gave up on is my overt uh, role as the daughter of dot 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 and here you are calling right. first on today's show because but it's <laughs> leading off exactly leading off a, a moment here it's 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 a it's a dad moment here uh kevin yeah it, you, is doing a uh it's been doing an amazing thing i'm sure many of the listeners know this that we kevin started the effort to get uh west 121st street where my dad was born not born but he was raised for many 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 years he lived there 
uh, change to George Carlin Way, and we are well on our way to doing that. There's one more vote in the full city council, um, but Kevin has been uh, doing this for two years now, at least. And uh, so there's almost three years. Wow. And so you are hosting uh, with the Gotham uh, Comedy Club on next Wednesday night. Is that the 17th, I believe? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're doing um, we're doing a benefit show. It's going to be uh, it's a tribute to your dad. Is the theme of the night. It's called Reverence for the Irreverent, and uh, the uh, we'll be bringing together some of the some of the best comics uh, the New York City has to offer. Are all coming out to do this, and uh, all of them are doing it. You know, they're they're doing it free of charge, just to uh, you know, in homage to to your old man. And and who and, are uh, who are some of the people you have? Well, we're our master of ceremonies is, is uh, Judah Friedlander. Yay, um, Judah! Yeah. He yeah, he tweeted me and he's like, "Hey, I went in on this." <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, that was just blew me away. It was just like two days ago. All of a sudden, he you know, he tweets you and then me, and within an hour, he and I were, were setting it up. Awesome. So he's on there. Uh, we got Nick Apollo. We've got Todd Berry, myself, uh, Rory Albanese, who's a nine-time Emmy winner, writer and executive producer of The Daily Show. Yeah, we just want to we're smack him. Dead. Uh, <laughs> And I, we're we're working on having David tell. He gave us a, a nice. yes, but hasn't been able to confirm. Just due to the actual time of the show, he'll be, uh, you know, come Monday he'll be able to confirm up or down. But he's he's doing his best to be there, and uh, you know, and then we're anticipating we we have some some special drop-in guests um, who we uh, as our agreement with them right now is we aren't advertising their names just yet. Yes, just like to say. so we can't say their uh, names. But but here's we what can't say their names yet. here's yeah, what here's, part of the deal. here's what I can say about one of them is my listeners know that I know one of them very well. I mention his name a lot when I speak about my solo show and where it originated. Um, and uh, he uh, has been uh, a great friend of mine, and I've actually interviewed him on my Sirius XM show. But that's all I'm going to say for now. People can figure that puzzle out. Yes, it is very exciting, Kevin. So how do people get tickets? Fantastic, fantastic comic and one of my favorites. Yes. And uh, we're, we're excited to have him. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that maybe on Monday he'll, uh, he'll let us say. Know, maybe he'll throw out a tweet there or something <laughs> saying he's on, but who knows. Awesome, yes. <laughs> but, um, but we're doing it all, and the, 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 whole, the whole night is a, is a fundraiser for the campaign. Basically, um, you know, it, it wasn't a one-man show doing this this campaign. I had a lot of people helping me. I had graphic designers, and I had web designers, and I had people helping us print posters and all sorts of stuff. And all these people uh, I wouldn't have been able to use if I had had to pay them out of pocket. Yes. And what they all agreed to do was they were, they were working for us uh, pro bono with the understanding that once all is said and done, we would do a fundraiser and I'd be able to give back to them a little bit for their time. And, uh, you know, everybody, everybody put in a lot of, a lot of work. And, and if they hadn't agreed to do it that way, uh, there's a lot of stuff that we wouldn't have been able to pull off over the last three years. So, well, well I think, um, I think with, with the fabulous lineup you have and, and the whole purpose of the evening, I think it'll be really easy if people, if you're in New York if you can, are you willing and able to come out Wednesday night? Uh, I have no doubt that people, uh, as long as we get the word out, 
So tell your yeah. friends, tell your friends in New York if you're not a New Yorker, but you have friends uh, who are fans of any of those comedians or just fans of comedy or fans of my dad and want to support this effort uh, of changing the name of his street, uh, which is very exciting. And uh, yeah. and where, where can they get tickets? At the Goth- uh, the Gotham Comedy Club site? Actually, you know what? The, the easiest thing to do instead of going to Gotham site, because then you have to go through their calendar and all that, is right. just go to georgecarlinway.com. Yep. And right on our homepage, there's a banner ad. And you just click on it, and that takes you directly to Gotham's page where you can buy your tickets online. Boom. Or you can call Gotham's box office at 212-367-9000. And if you do go to George Carlin Way uh, to go through the banner ad while you're there, why don't just hit the link and go over and sign the petition because we're still collecting <laughs> signatures. Awesome. And uh, join us on Facebook as well, you know. Great. You be a part of it. Be a part of it, man. Be a part of something, people. That's right. Be a part of a winning team because this thing's just about done. Uh, it's going to be a. Uh, we haven't gotten a date yet for this bill to be uh, signed and, and voted on, but uh, we're. They said in the fall, so we're expecting September. I'm hoping, and I'm hoping that we'll be able to have the unveiling ceremony. The coincide while you're in town with your show and that would be awesome yes so that's what we're hoping for i will be in town october uh 11th through the 20th with my that's solo right. show so we were hoping to have a big friend party of of all sorts of kinds so well kevin thank you so much for um doing always uh for doing this amazing thing that you've done i've as you know just so touched how you've uh dedicated yourself to this and thank you for doing it because i'm I've lost Kevin. Well, he knows I love him, so I don't have to tell him anymore. <laughs> so anyway, uh, go to georgecarlinway.com. And that is my – that's the end of my spiel for being uh, my dad's daughter today. Uh, and uh, it'll, it's going to be a great night. The headliner is amazing. You're going to shit your pants when you're there and you see who comes out on stage as the headliner. And hopefully he will tweet at the end of uh, this week or next week, uh, beginning of the week, and let us um, let us blab a little bit who's coming. But those other names are amazing, too. And Rory, um, you know, he's the big executive producer over at The Daily Show and really one of the nicest guys ever. He's on Twitter, too. He's a really fun person to follow on Twitter. Uh, so I'm... Um, so today's a call-in show, as you all know. I have one other friend calling in uh, who I want you all to meet. His name is Kyle Cease, and he's going to call in about three minutes, and we're just going to chat for about five or ten minutes about this amazing event he's having because I'm really, really excited. I'm doing my first official speaking gig next – not this Saturday, but Saturday the 20th at Kyle's event, and it's something I'm stepping into, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm ready for. It's one of those – really cool transformational weekends. But the thing I love about this is Kyle is a stand-up comedian. So he comes from the stand-up comedian world and he's got that point of view. And yet he's someone, he's a seeker also, and he's a questioner of life and a, you know, and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. So he approaches all of that transformational work with like, not the earnestness and bullshit and stuff that'll put you to sleep, but with a great sense of humor. And he just totally cuts through all the crap of that world that I personally hate. And that uh, that's part of the reason I've stayed away from kind of stepping more into that. And, um, that was another call here. I'm not taking this. Sorry. I'm not taking your call. Mr. Two five Oh number. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take your call in a bit though. Uh, and, um, 
And I really love what he's doing because he doesn't do like, hey, I'm going to change your life. Buy 10 tickets now and hey, and hit this button and you too will be free kind of bullshit, which just drives me fucking crazy. Uh, he's very funny and he's very authentic. And uh, he's going to call in in a minute or so. So um, here's one thing I won't be doing the rest of this week. Watching anything to do with the George Zimmerman trial. <laughs> I, I'm I'm interested in the ultimate verdict and all of that. That'll be interesting. But I cannot believe that every single fucking cable news outlet is playing this back to back like they did the O.J. Simpson trial. And I'm particularly disgusted by MSNBC doing that. It was like, I thought I could go to MSNBC to get news during the middle of the day because no one else is giving me news because we're just doing the Zimmerman trial thing. No, they're also doing the Zimmerman trial. Um, so, you know, and then they have 42 people on a panel all having to predict what's really going to happen and what this person's thinking. And it's all speculation. News is not news. It's just speculation. They should just call it speculation. <laughs> they shouldn't even call it news anymore. Ugh, ugh, America, what are you doing to me? Okay, Kyle's here. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, Kyle, welcome to Waking from the American Dream. Well, thank you. I'm assuming we're on the show. We were on the air, right? Answer the phone. You are on the air. I answered the phone. You are going out right now to at least eight people's ears. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Hold on. Maybe I should hear it so I can. So it'll be nine, but oh, I guess it's my ears. Yeah, so. then it, you, you're already hearing it because you and I are talking it. We're living it. Right. Right? Yeah, so it kind of feels a little bit of a roundabout way. It's kind of like having an agent. It's You're, just like you are your we own. Can cut out the middleman. We are completely cutting out the middleman. We are, is, but isn't that what it's really all about with all this stuff that we're doing? This transformational stuff about cutting out the middleman. Absolutely, I think I, I actually, actually I, and I said that way too sensitive, like the way transformational speakers speak. I was like, <laughs> mm, I, I, I really want to honor space for what you just asked me there. It's okay, you can um, breathe it in. I'm okay. I, I take space every <laughs> once in a while here too. You know. Yeah. And that's the weird thing about this this world. I think that you and I've spoken about it is that you know, I feel like in this world there's there's you're either this angry, doubtful person that nothing's possible, or you're this bizarre other end where you're this crazy person who stops shave stops shaving your armpit and you change your name to Rainbow Maka Sunshine. <laughs> and like I just want to be able to eat healthy food and talk philosophy with someone that doesn't need to live in a tree. Like, yes, isn't there a middle? Yeah, I, it's uh, like me. I want to I want to be able to talk about the sacredness of life while using the words fuck and cunt freely. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's that's the two. That's the two words I try to use. I, I open. <laughs> That's good. Your audience, will, your audience will fit right in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of tempted a little bit to do that for the joke. That <laughs> my you, event next week. I, I, that would be very, very funny. And of course, you and I would like look at each other and laugh, and the rest of the audience would be like, "What the hell is going on?" Yeah, but there'll be eight listeners in there going, "I know what he's talking about." This is true. And, this is true. This is. And if I show up and sit in the audience, there will be nine. That's the way I was listening to the show. <laughs> And I'll be ten, and there'll be no middleman, and we'll and it'll be full circle then. At that point, right? Exactly. <laughs> Which, speaking of no middleman, I never answered your question, which is perfect. Um, but yeah, I think that I, 
people a lot of times, I'm, and I'm, I'm so excited that you're coming to this event. Uh, by the way, I want to mention real fast before I, I go into this, but I, it's so it's such an honor to have you. And and we have Dick Gregory speaking at it, and all these other incredible people I at know. this event that I'm I'm getting to do next week. And and it's funny because a lot of times people think if you speak on any type of life transformation mindset possibility that you're a, a motivational speaker and and weirdly I, I kind of I don't really believe in necessarily motivation because motivation is is taking something in the future and going I'm going to make that happen and then being under this illusion that when that thing happens I'll be happy and and it's a good thing too I mean it's not bad to achieve the things that you want to achieve or anything like that but what I've discovered more is I think that we're just kind of in the way of really effortlessness you know we we when you go on stage for instance we we try so hard we try to get the audience to like us and we try to make sure that we say something in a way so that the the crowd likes us and and what we do is we stop being the natural us that we were the other 23 hours a day you know when you're <laughs> yes when you're at a restaurant with your friends or you're just hanging out with your friends there's a there's a regular you that suddenly can just start talking and says something with a purpose that has fun or whatever, and it's the real you. Yeah. And I and and I believe very much that we're kind of just here to undo all this trying and undo all this stuff, and that our natural state is actually more playful, more profitable if you're in a playful state, um, because you're not in your head about trying to make something work a certain way. You're not in the future going, if I get this thing to happen, then people will like me. You know, if you're in that future place, your your mind is stuck in the future and it's not making room for any current ideas to show up because you're under the illusion that that thing completes you. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, the big it, illusion, I think, with that. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say the big illusion I think we're under is when something happens, I'll be happy or something completes me. Like, we're basically saying I'm incomplete without this thing. I better do the speech well because... I, they won't like me. I'm incomplete unless they don't like me. So immediately we put ourselves into a state of lack before we even start. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I can you know? so relate to that because I think about, you know, even the amount of times I've done my my solo show and I can trust it and I know the reaction to the audience has and I, I know the power of it. And yet I'm backstage and I get some thought in my head about, I've got to do it like this, or it's got to land like that. And, and I start putting those, those thoughts just start popping up in my head, and I start believing them. Right. And then the minute I start believing them, all this tension comes in my body. And then mm-hmm. now, now I'm trying, quote unquote, to do something. And, and I'm no longer, you know, and, and yes, of course, I have um, cues I have to hit, and I have a script that I've memorized, and it's pretty word for word, and I have, you know, beats and moments that I want to hit. I mean, all that is part of my craft that I've studied. But the bottom line is the minute I get into my head about thoughts about it, my body, my natural body, mind shuts down. And now I'm in this mm-hmm. abstracted version of myself and this abstracted version of an experience. And and I, I so get that, you know, when you were talking about the motivational thing, I was thinking, you know, I, I'm kind of stepping into this world of speaking and the transformational world. And that's why I'm so excited to be a part of your weekend, because I feel like I'm getting, you know, I get to like put my toe in the water in a nice safe space and, and get to be myself and which is what it's all about. But I thought, you know, what? maybe I need to become like the anti-motivational speaker. <laughs> 
yeah. because my whole thing is, you know, waking up from the dream and getting, you know, stopping and being still and, and finding your, finding where you are and taking a moment and, um, and at times, you know, goals are all important and moving forward is all important, but there's such an obsession with improving ourselves and getting better and getting richer and getting thinner and um, fuck that. <laughs> right. And, and you know what's bizarre is I believe if you really had the mentality of fuck that, all those things would naturally start just happening. Completely. I mean, or, and, 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 even, and no matter what happens, the bottom line is you're going to have a better quality of experience because you're not going to be living this idea of who you think you're supposed to be. You're going to be right. living who you are. And that in itself is going to lead you to possibilities that you're – mind could never actually think about because right. no matter what the conscious mind is limited you know so who knows what's really out there for us to do and have well and and what's fascinating is you what you just said is so great i i, I do think at times sometimes i'll bring an outcome in like four months ago i said for instance this is a great example this event is a fantastic example i thought to myself four months ago I'm going to have this event. And I think that when you're into the motivational world, the first thing you ask is how. And then from this very limited place, you put together your, you know, your best assets in that limited space and you go, I'm going to do it this way. Mm-hmm. What we, we don't know is all the other assets, we're not including the other things that could just pop up. If instead of you being glued to your how, you're just wide open to that you just know that the event's going to be good. You're in that you're in that space, and then you allow a million different hows to kind of unfold in front of you. Yes. And yes. And so uh, you know, and 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 a way to do that also is I notice that there are things that are not in alignment with me that just make you feel heavy. And we a lot of times hold on to these things because we think we need them to complete us. And what I've discovered for me is if I just feel heavy with it, I let go of it, and I don't know why. But basically, once I let go of that thing, who I see myself as is a higher alignment. I see myself as, as worth more. That thing doesn't necessarily. A great example would be there was someone who was going to speak at my event. It was fantastic, but it, it dawned on me that we weren't necessarily in the same alignment. What I'm trying to teach is flow and letting go. And he's very good at structuring how to get people to like you and advertising and that kind of thing. <laughs> right. And, he would have been a fantastic draw right. so if I was in a place of You would have made more just, money. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. But it's not in alignment with what I'm here to be with, what yep. I'm here to do. Yep. And this is going to blow your mind, but it, it, I looked this up. And the day that I, t- I decided the official no that I was passing on him, uh-huh. I noticed you were, you were following me on Twitter like an hour later. <laughs> and, I love it. <laughs> I, and I'm making that magical assumption where, you know, yes, the leap. is a funny thing. Though. The leap of cause and effect. Say, yeah. Yeah. But what was weird is, and, and I don't even say like that's the the universe lining up or anything, but I will say that if I had had him and you still followed me on Twitter, it might not have dawned on me to bring you in because my mind would have said, you know, well, I have this full, I wouldn't have even thought of it. But because my mind was in this wide open, I'm in a higher alignment. I don't know why I'm doing this. And so then I hung out with you for a few days and then what was mind blowing was I felt my alignment get higher to be in alignment with someone that is out there that speaks on and feels mm. the same stuff that I'm feeling. Mm, very and cool. And then Dick Gregory called me <laughs> out of the blue. Wow. 
he called me the same week and there are times where I go, I wonder if I had kept that guy, if I would have totally not felt in the alignment of, you know, you and Dick and these other speakers. But now I'm, you know, you and Dick Gregory are the only really people I can think of that are that wanting to find that bridge, that comedy transformation bridge. Yep. Yep. You know, that's very, that's, that's so cool, Kyle. I mean, that's really, that's, that's, it's all, that's all very beautiful. And, um, and th- I'm thankful. I'm so thankful for all of this. So, so how people can just go to your website, right? KyleCease.com and they can, they'll see yeah. the, the whole, the flyer comes up and it's, it's, what's it called? It's got a great name to it also. It's called. Oh. It's called the three day escape from mediocrity. And. I, which is, you know, putting a little pressure on me. I cannot be mediocre now, God damn it! I either have to completely <laughs> fail or be fantastic, but I cannot be mediocre. <laughs> well, I'll, 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 I'll put an asterisk next to it that says Kelly Carlin might be mediocre. If you want. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, it's okay give, I'll give myself What's permission. That? I'll give myself permission for that. Don't you worry, honey. Yeah. I'll, It'll I'll, be the 2.9% day. Right. Exactly. Day. Exactly. Exactly. Um, um, so and I'll the, tell you one other thing. Uh, uh, oh, go ahead. No, n- no, 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 nothing. I was just gonna, just wanted to make sure everyone got Kyle Cease. It's K Y L E C E A S E dot com, and I'm going to be yeah. speaking on Saturday. It's a three day event. I'm speaking on Saturday. You have a bunch of speakers. You have yourself. Uh, it's a great, you know. I guess you've got some people who've worked with you before, and some new people that are coming in. Yeah, it's. It's it's really it's really a, an awesome it's an awesome space because here's the thing is I've I've been a comedian for 23 years I started when I was a little kid and what one thing that's really good about that is I've noticed that the people that really get lost in these seminar worlds they start charging a ton of money because yep. they have that top one percent that just keep going to every seminar but yes. the comedian in me that still sees the cynical side of life and everything wants to wants to kind of be that balance for people that that still want to go like the public wants to grow you know they want to learn stuff but you know they have these seminars that are five six thousand dollars and this is Those are crazy. this is really yeah you know this is really a cheap event and and i feel that honestly the value is way better because you know we have such amazing amazing transformational people we also have Ricky Beckwith and possibly, very possibly Michael Beckwith. I'm waiting to hear confirmation from him. And then, um, and, and it's just really in a practical way. It's not taught in an in arguing about invisible different things way, like where is <laughs> God or the universe or reincarnation. It's, There'll be it's no talk of unicorns to, or angels. Yeah, it's how to tap into that creative space that you had when you were a kid. It's also how to stop taking life so seriously. It's how to how to end, you know, stage fright, because you learn stage fright. So how do you get over it? And that helps in so many ways with your business and the way you speak from, and also something that I'm sure would be dear to you, learning how to speak from an authentic place. Yes, you know, absolutely. Really, you, you, know you know what it, you know what it, you know what it is, Kyle? It's, um, you know, that thing when people say to you, oh, just be yourself which is the mm-hmm. worst advice you can give someone, right? Especially if they're about right. to go like on stage or something and they have stage fright or, or anything. They're, try- right. they're about to do anything that's, you know, out of their comfort zone. Oh, you'll be fine. Just be yourself. And of course, you have no right. idea what that means. And really what this weekend is all about is it's just a, a bunch of different people giving you different access points into yeah. – 
being yourself, literally being yourself. And that, um, as one of my great teachers told me, you know, that that thing that you bring to a room by just walking into it, that you can't even know or see that you do, but that other people see very clearly and easily. And so that's what we'll be highlighting and, uh, you know, uh, underlining and helping people with and all sorts of different modalities and different voices, different rhythms. And uh, so it's so if if anyone out there is looking for that kind of work, we're going to be in L.A., uh, next weekend, the weekend of the 19th, 20th, and 21st. Um, and uh, so come by. Come join Kyle for the weekend. I'll be there for a day. We have He has some other great speakers. And Dick Gregory is coming to speak. We don't even know what Dick Gregory is speaking about, but we don't care because it's fucking Dick Gregory. And for you people yeah. who don't know who Dick Gregory is, yes, you have permission while listening to the show now to go on Google and Google him. So, um, Kyle, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we have to go because I have some people calling in who want to discuss sure. some other things. Thank you for calling in, and I'm gonna have you as a guest. We'll have you in a, as a guest next month or something. You come in and we'll chat for a full hour and a half, darling. I would love to. Oh, it'd be so fun. All I right. know it's fun to talk to you. It'll be great fun. So you have a great um, afternoon, and I will. Uh, I'll talk to you later this week. All right. Sounds great, Kelly. Lots of love. Thanks for having me. All right, sweetie. Bye-bye. So that is very cool. Kyle, um, just a great guy. Really, really cool guy. And um, I guess the comedy world kind of came down on him. He was doing a comedy weekend teaching, not teaching people comedy, not teaching people how to be funny, but teaching people how to be themselves on stage so that their comedy could come out of them easier. And he was doing this with Louis Anderson. And a bunch of... um, a bunch of people uh, got a lot of comics were like, you shouldn't be teaching comedy and you can't teach comedy. I guess, I mean, some people I really love and adore got on him like Andy Kindler and Doug Stanhope and stuff. Because I don't think they really understood what he was doing. Uh, but I've gone and had lunch with him and I've been on Kyle's podcast now. He's a great guy and he's very funny and he's he's like me. He's trying to bridge this interesting world. And uh, so here we are. I have a caller coming in, 304 area code. Here we go. Hello, caller. I know you have been trying for 45 minutes, bless you, 304 area code caller, and I've been very busy girl. So welcome to the show. Who is this? Uh, This is Bryce. How's it going? Hi, Bryce. It's going really well. Have you been listening to the show so far? Are you just um, out and about doing other stuff? Uh, Well, I was hanging around my job, but I couldn't get the live to work on my phone so i haven't been listening i didn't want to seem like an ass though (laughs) no i i you were not an ass i just saw that you were eager that's all which i like that you know what it makes me feel less alone in the world knowing that there's someone who the minute the show started you started calling and i'm like okay no matter what this lovely person from 304 will be calling me at some point during the hour and a half uh, so that we can talk um so hey bryce uh what what part of the world are you you calling in from uh west virginia but i i used to do a bunch of stand-up comedy so i've been all over the east coast oh nice nice and how is it in west virginia is it hot and humid today was it hot and humid there uh, it's actually really nice today. Oh, good. Except for we constantly have like coal trucks and fracking trucks. Mm. I don't know if you can hear them in the background. Wow. There's like always horrible traffic like going through. God. So it's a terrible place to rent if you live in the poorer sections of town. Mm. You'll, that's where they stream all the trucks day and night. 
Jesus. You guys, West Virginia is literally powering the East Coast of the United States with all of that natural resource you have there. That breaks my heart. Yeah, it's not it's not too fun because uh, whenever you try to whenever you really try to tell people around here about like alternative forms of energy, they're just like so stuck. They're just so stuck in like those uh, like coal and all those other things. They won't even like humor the idea that the other forms of energy are actually yield as much energy as they really do. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like talking to a crack addict and say, <laughs> telling them that they could actually feel good about life if they just put the pipe down, but they don't get it. They don't understand uh, that, you know, it's, it's, um, it's gotta be heartbreaking to witness the raping. I mean, and, and the, and the centuries of raping of, of your, it's, your beautiful it, state there. It isn't, it's insane because, uh, I actually, I'm stuck in the college town of Morgantown for one more year so I can finally stop paying them thousands of dollars for that degree that's not really helping me get a job. Right. And uh, electronic media, it's it's silly. Um, like, it's basically like knowing how to use Final Cut Pro and stuff like that. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, sorry, my... I just worry sometimes I have an iPhone, it drops calls. No, 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 you're good. I heard you. You were talking about Final Cut Pro electronic media. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just like if you don't have any like any like credits or experience working with TV networks and stuff like that, like I even know a few people that work with you guys like uh, Jay West and a few other people like that. I still can't even like break into that area. Yeah, it's it's a very it, uh, this business is very very competitive and uh and gotten more so because there's, you know, uh, the industry is shifting so much. No one knows what the value of anything is anymore. My husband is a uh, a cameraman, director of photography, been in television, <clears throat> shooting uh, television for almost 20 years now. And his rate, his day rate has not gone up in 15 years and actually has gone down. I mean, he makes less now per hour than he used to make uh, five years ago and certainly 10 years ago because um, there's just there's so many outlets now and nobody knows what's worth anything because – Sometimes it's worth a lot of money, and sometimes it's not worth anything. So, I I feel I, I feel for you. I feel for you, and I understand you know you wanting to 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 get out of that small town and and be a part of something that obviously uh, inspires you. And what what inspires you about being in the entertainment industry? Well, I think it's cool. Like I've always been writing like like scripts and stuff like that. And even my freshman year of college, actually, I got like a like. Uh, almost ten thousand dollars invested in me making an internet show, but unfortunately, like some of the money was dirty, and our whole production got cut after we found that out. And then after that, like trying to trying to like pitch any ideas or anything, like I've got it nowhere. Like yeah. even though I have like a crap ton of cool people following me on Twitter and stuff like that, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, they're like they just they they look at me and they're like, so I see you called from a. 304 number, I guess that means you're still in West Virginia. Call us back when you're in L.A. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like people actually believe that, you know, because you're in West Virginia, you you don't understand uh, what it takes. So you're not talented or you don't have the goods or something like that. That's yeah, it's it's very frustrating. And then even when you're in L.A. here, you you know, you're in L.A. here with 
everyone else who's moved from West Virginia. <laughs> I know. It is. I actually, I actually talked to MTV like once, like I think it was last year, and they were like, well, here's what you got to do. If you really want to, if you really want to like even be serious with us, you got to like go out of your way to drive to the hick part of West Virginia and party with their reality show, which uh, I thought was so stupid. I was like, wow. I was like, my, my girlfriend like hates excessive drinking. I'm like, oh, I can't excessively drink on TV if, if I want to like keep my life. Okay. So basically what you're saying is that MTV said you have to go well, their, and I, be someone who you are not based. Oh my God. That's crazy. Yes. Well, don't, don't quote MTV on that. It's just at least <laughs> one, somebody that works with MTV was like, who knows? Well, right. if you, if you want to improve your chances, right. you know that we, we sponsor a bunch of kids to get drunk in your state. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So, so, okay. So, yes. So going through the normal paths of the hierarchy of the entertainment industry or any industry anyone is a part of out there listening um, is frustrating these days. You know, it's not easy. Logan here is a musician. He's an independent artist. He's not knocking on Universal Music Store anytime soon. And they're, they didn't knock on his door this week either. So, so, you know, it is, it's about having staying connected to that deep, deep passion and that deep joy you feel when you're doing your craft, you know, when you get to do it in whatever form it is. And, and staying connected, even if it still feels ridiculous or silly, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is, but finding like minded people to hang out with. Um, because like uh, Kyle and I, my last caller and I were just talking, you never know, you never know who's going to come your way, retweet something. Literally, you know, you just never know. Yeah, absolutely. Like, in fact, like I did the the last project that I did, it got given zero money and I ended up funding the whole thing myself, but it was rewarding in the people that did interact with it. It was like a 12 part. Uh, YouTube uh, mini murder mystery thing oh, that cool. people were tweet people were tweeting me about it. Like at the time, I had a bunch of like some of those bulk Twitter followers, you know, that people in the industry will pay yes. like a few hundred dollars. <laughs> like I got gifted some for free, so I had like ten thousand Twitter followers at the time. Right, and I was having people like tweet me that they watched the videos, and I put them all in a giant skateboard raffle. And then, like at the end, we picked five people and we sent them all skateboards. Very cool. So it was it was really, really cool. Um so, I, I actually had to go look up that like two of the people that won were from Newfoundland, Canada. Oh. So, wow. Up in the up in the boonies, so man. Like, nice. Way off way off base. <laughs> I was like I was secretly hoping I was like somebody in the industry would see it and be like, Man, that twenty year old kid really makes old men do funny stuff with <laughs> fake blood. But it was just a bunch of like moms so, in Newfoundland, Canada, that were oh, like more about winning their kids' skateboards than they were actually watching my stuff. Oh, that's funny. Now, so so Bryce, where can we see your work? Uh, it's on Bryce Me ninety nine at you at uh, YouTube B R I C E M E nine nine. There's like but my whole college career, I've just been. My dad calls it jacking around but it's making videos for youtube 
<laughs> you know, uh, I think every creative person was probably told by their dad that they're just jacking around. So, Bryce, I want to encourage you to keep jacking around and doing your work. And uh, I want to thank you for sharing your story and for calling in today and uh, think, and your commitment to your craft. And, and keep on, honey. Well, I think, I think one of the things, like, the topic of your show is how to stay grounded and level in, like, a celebrity-obsessed uh, world. Well, mostly, like, my, my uh, fiancé is, like, lives in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So like I, I know of I know of like a completely different world that's not even that far away from our country. Yes. And I think one of the things that a lot of people have to realize is that the chances of being paid in the entertainment industry just really isn't that good. And like I realized that whenever I was young, like whenever I was sixteen, I started working as a chef. Like I, I lied about my age a little bit. But now like my main source of income is like making making like really, really fancy food. Mm-hmm. So even even though I, I'm going to get this degree, and the way it looks is I'm probably not going to like no matter how creative and stuff like that. If I stay in this area, I'm probably not going to get a job in that. But uh, in in like if you like take to like a second thing like cooking or something like that, like you can you can be sufficient even though you and like live out a different kind of dream. Yes. It's really fulfilling. Like the Food Network follows me now on Twitter. And like a bunch of other stuff, and occasionally I'll get like calls and stuff to try out for like fancy cooking shows and stuff. Cool, cool. They always they always usually uh, laugh at me. They're they're like, "Well, I know you can cook the food, but you don't have a degree in it," which I think is silly too. Well, then we know you need to get on the Master Chef show with Gordon Ramsay with all those home cooks. Then you know. I'm afraid I'll scream at him. Though. <laughs> he'll be yelling about something stupid. I'll be like, I'll just, like, I, I don't care. Like, I don't have a degree. Like, I'm going to be hanging and I'm going to chomp all of his other chefs and stuff. And I'll be like, shut up, Gordon Ramsay. The people you trained are just a little bitches. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe it, that's how I'll get a show. Like, maybe that's how you'll get. Show. You'll be like you'll Gordon Ramsay, Gordon Ramsay. You'll you know you'll. <laughs> what? Can you pitch that to like somebody like? I think Gordon Ramsay out. To, I think Gordon Ramsay has his own show. That is and then the pitch. Whenever he's yelling at another chef. The real plot of the show is I go in there, defend the other chef, and help him out, and call Gordon Ramsay a silly little bitch. <laughs> I think that's your next video, Bryce. <laughs> This is your. I just need to go uh, this is, video bomb Gordon Ramsay. No, you just need, you just need to get someone to play Gordon Ramsay. You need to do a fake version of this in a video. I think it'd be very funny. <laughs> well, uh, Bri- uh, anyway, well, thank you, Bryce. Uh, Th- thanks for calling. Really nice being on. It was very nice to talk to you, and good luck with everything. And uh, good luck with your cooking and your your video making and your fiance and uh, you have a beautiful yeah, tell, beautiful day. Yes. Tell all those guys at Smodco uh, thanks. They used to do my advertisement whenever I was doing stand up real hardcore, like Ben Glebe and like all those other people like that cool. I've only talked to like in brief. Uh-huh. But I hope they're all doing well. And uh, if you see Jay West, tell him tell him that I hope I wish for him the best and. Uh, What's his con- it's the Hollywood Vine Group? So what he works at? Okay, I will do that. Yeah, so so like tell the, tell all those kids hi and uh, and enjoy the nice weather over there. <laughs> I will, and you have a great rest of your summer, and good luck with everything. All right.
Thanks, Bryce. See you, see you in six months when I graduate. Okay. <laughs> maybe get to work in that industry. Maybe I'll run into you. That'd be great. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, that's so cool. West Virginia. Wow. I love that. Excuse the noise of the fracking trucks driving by because they're dismantling the mountain behind me. Oh, man. West Virginia. Oh, breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. Uh, So that was a young man looking to be creative in a world that, uh, you know, is hard to get into, as we all know. But I love what he said about that, about staying grounded and real, you know. Connecting to other cultures that aren't ours, knowing that our culture isn't the only one, of course, um, and pursuing another craft sometimes. That's what it takes. Um, and then you never know where that's going to lead because he may have a reality show someday where he yells at Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> oh, my God, that would be so awesome. Uh, so I was telling you guys earlier in my opening essay that I was reading uh, Wendell Berry. Um, see, I start to talk about something and the minute I start to talk. Phone rings, just like that. Hello, area code 250. Who am I speaking to? Hi, this is uh, Dave French calling up from Salt Spring Island up in British Columbia, Canada. Hi, Dave. So nice to speak How to you? you. Yeah, totally. We've been, uh, well, Facebook buddies for some time now, and uh, I'm a big fan of the show. And yeah, I was uh, I was missing you on the airway, so I'm glad you, you're back on. Good to hear you on the air again. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's so funny. Your voice is much lower than your voice on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm much taller in, in uh, Facebook life than I am in real life. See, too. <laughs> yeah, we're all a little skinnier on Facebook, too. <laughs> well, exactly. Working on that yes. in real aren't, life, too. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Exactly, so, exactly. So what are, your, uh, what are your thoughts today on uh, staying centered and grounded and real in this mostly strange, greedy, celebrity-obsessed world that we live in? Well, I mean, I really, I do my utmost to really not be involved in any way, shape, or form and not care what the Justin Biebers and et cetera, et cetera of the world are doing. You know, I, to some degree, I'm a little bit lucky. I, I live on a fairly small island off the west coast of British Columbia. And, of course, we have full Internet access and everything, but we're not deluged yes. with the constant media bombardment. It's fairly easy for me to simply shut it down, of course, until I go on Facebook, and then I'm just constantly inundated by it. But that's a choice, and I, I often chuckle at the people that freak out and complain about all the stuff that's on Facebook, and I think to myself, well, why don't you just scroll right past it <laughs> or just ignore it? And that's what I do. I mean, I can think of certain things, of uh, certain say, Facebook pages that I won't mention here that have turned into gong shows recently, and I just, okay, fine, rather than whine and bitch and moan, I just don't go to them anymore. Now, Dave, how, and, did you, uh, how did you end up on this beautiful island off the coast of British Columbia? Were you always a person who was living kind of outside of, of the cities, or did you, did you move there at some point in your life to get away from it all? Well, my family's had property here since around 1980, and so it's been a, a somewhat vacational. And my, my parents moved here around 1991, and my younger brother and sister both grew up here. But I'm considerably older than my brother and sister, so I was already long out of the house. Now, I spent about 20 years in cities, well, Canadian cities, Calgary, Alberta, and then I moved to a place in the, the center of British Columbia called Kelowna, B.C. It's a small city of around 150,000. And lived there for about 11 years, but came out here for vacations. But uh, life took some twists and turns. Uh, over, I've been here over a little over four and a half years now, but uh, in the late 90s to late 2000s, uh, well, 
long story short, uh, I, I found myself uh, really battling some addiction issues mm-hmm. and, uh, and really, really struggling with a lot of things in life and really, really struggling with serious depression mm-hmm. and uh, really came out here for a mental health break and just to visit my mom. And I just recognized that even though 10 years ago, I thought to myself, oh, no, this place is too small. I could never handle it. I need the city life, et cetera, et cetera. I came to realize that, you know what? No, I was I was just turning 40, and I recognized that, no, actually, this is exactly where I need to be. And I didn't come out here under the greatest of uh, circumstances. I was very, very freshly off of uh, drugs and mm. <clears throat> trying to white-knuckle my way through it and yeah. then you know, get over everything. So I came out here just to sort of recoup and take a mental health break. And I found myself falling in love with the place. And mm. once I made the decision to stay here, I had to figure out, well, what do I do with my life now? <laughs> yes. And the, the universe works in mysterious ways because this little island, it's about 10,000 people here. You know, and there's not a hell of a lot of work. A lot of people, a lot of friends of mine really struggle for. Yeah. I happened to just look at the the local newspaper one day and saw an ad for a company that was hiring for, well, we have to call it the PC thing of pest control technician. I'm an exterminator. That's what I do. <laughs> and I saw this ad and I thought, well, you know what? I could probably handle that. I had a background in construction safety and, and I'm not afraid of bugs. So I just took a chance and I met the owner and she and I hit it off right away. And I thought, you know what? I can do this. And that in itself itself doesn't ground me, but it ain't through this job. It's given me the thing that has grounded me the most. My job takes me everywhere on this island, and there's a chain of three other islands in this little group called the Gulf Islands. Uh. And my job allows me to travel regularly to go work on these small islands. I often get picked up by homeowners on their boats and taken over to their little private islands to work. And through that, I discovered a love of photography. Oh, And wow. that's really what grounds me more than anything. And honestly, in 40 years of my life, Kelly, I had, you know, snapped drunken bar pictures and you know, <laughs> tried to take pictures of concerts and stuff. But yes. it never occurred to me that photography would be a real grounding thing for me. And, mm. you know, I just started out farting around, taking pictures with my camera phone and whatnot. And uh, I found I was really enjoying it. And I post stuff on Facebook all the time. And a lot of people really commenting that it looked pretty good. And then last year for Christmas, my boss gave me my year-end bonus, and she just said, well, you have such a passion for this. She bought me a Canon Rebel T3 camera with a couple of zoom lenses and then just said, go out and do this. So wow. with my job, whenever I'm traveling or I'm taking a little coffee break or lunch break at work or whatever, I just go take pictures. And I'm lucky enough that I lived in paradise, a beautiful <laughs> place. So I've really, really found it. Oh, no. Dave, we lost you. Damn. He'll call back. I know he will. I know he will. I was just making me smile so much because I was thinking about that thing that I know that my life did just because of my circumstances of my life. But it's like I've always thought like, oh, you have to have this job that makes you this special thing or is a special job and you get a special attention in this job. And yet... I have to live in LA <laughs> in order to try to do this special job. And I have to tell you, I am so ready to get the fuck out of here. Man, an island off the coast of British Columbia sounds really amazing right now. There you are. You're back. We were just, we were like so like enthralled. Like I was like so in the moment with you there, Dave. Um, and what I was, yeah, and well, what, what I was, cell phones, I got it. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. But what I was just saying to the audience while you were gone was that, what I love about your story is that, you know, oh, hello, s- hello? can you hear me? Again? No, I'm here. I'm here. I can hear you. Oh, there we go. Uh, so oh, that okay, what I was saying was so special about or not special, but just so wonderful about your story is that 
Um, you know, something about our culture, I, and I think it is that whole American dream thing. It's like, you know, you're going you're gonna to be a professional, you're going to be a lawyer or a doctor or this thing or that thing, and you're going to make it big and you have a big house and blah, 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 blah. But what you're saying to me is like, yeah, I have a job. And it 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 pays me fine, and it's a it's a job. It's just a job, but it it allows me this other thing that I have. I get to live in this beautiful place, and I get this freedom to do this thing that you've discovered through doing this pretty ordinary job, which is like a job of like oh my god, extermination, you know, which is good. And and what, it's just, it has its challenges and its rewards. Of, of course, <laughs> I'm sure, like like any job, and and yet, my god, you've discovered this. Thing for yourself, and I'm a photographer too. I understand what you're talking about. There, there's something magical right. about being a photographer. There's something, and and because you're in paradise, like you said, um, you get to you get to experience and be with that beauty, and find a way to oh, sh- to share it through your photography every single yeah. day. That's Oh. Absolutely. And I've found through it, I've found a lot of peace with my past. Mm. I'm over four and a half years off drugs. I don't drink anymore either. And I live a, a pretty simple life now. You know, yeah. and I used to live in a state of chaos and I thought that was the way I was supposed to live. Yep. I don't live that way anymore. And I'm so, so grateful. And through the things that I've done in the last couple of years and sort of changing the direction of my life, I've now found an amazing woman. I've fallen in love. Um, wow. I'm just, you know, every day I have to pinch myself and go, how the hell did this happen? Wow. You know, and the latest thing that, you know, talking about taking chances is there's a local fellow here by the name of Jan Rabson. He's a voiceover artist who's done a lot of work in Hollywood. And he's a leisure suit Larry, and he's been in tons of shows, movies over the years. He's putting on a local improv little course. Uh, and I just thought, you know what? Why not? Take a chance. <laughs> do something Beautiful. so i signed up to go uh, get on with his improv and you know and that's life and it's uh, i've come to realize life isn't perfect it certainly didn't turn out the way i expected it to never thought i'd be an exterminator I <laughs> that. <laughs> but you know what i love my, i actually love my job oh. i get to help people you know solve you know people that have phobias i get to help them with that <laughs> yes. i get to travel all over the place and, yeah. and enjoy life so wow you know, you're uh, you're inspiring this is a very inspirational story dave and uh you're, uh, yeah, you're you're living you're living the dream of of waking from the American dream. <laughs> wow, I'm I'm very touched, and thank you so much for calling. I'm I'm so glad we got to connect in this way. I mean, yeah, I think you and I have been friends from like day one on Facebook. We connected, and pretty uh, much, yeah. pretty much, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, you've certainly watched me go through my evolution the last five years. Oh my God, and. Uh, <laughs> So thank you. Thank you for calling and being, uh, you know, just being connected and, and, and staying connected to me. And, and thanks for sharing that. Really, it's very touching. I'm very touched by your story and, uh, and inspired, truly Thanks inspired, lot, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come visit you, goddammit, because I need more trees in my life. <laughs> You'll friggin' love it. Uh, I know I will. I wanna, I'll, never, I'll never come back. I'll never come back. I know it. I know it. <laughs> Well, in the meantime, continue on your career trajectory because I've loved seeing the evolution of it. And I, even though I don't know you personally, I'm proud of you, uh, the, cho- the chances you're taking. And, you. and I love it. Stepping out of a pretty huge shadow and becoming your own person, I honor that. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So congratulations and best of luck. Thank you, Dave. You made me cry. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> well, on that note, I think I'll say goodbye now. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Bye. Oh, my God. What a beautiful phone call. I, you know, there's something, you know... There is something about 
committing to a direction in your life and committing to your values. I've been talking a lot to myself lately and to those around me about just having a new sense of my inner GPS, you know, and um, uh, and and really naming it that way, and like really getting that I'm really connecting to my to my own value system, my own GPS, my own standards of excellence. And uh, it, it's it's an incredible thing. And and so today, like committing to this show and, and, and just wanting to be kind of slightly different with everything here. And then him calling like that, it's just, it just fit right in. And we have one more caller here. I'm so excited. Hello. Welcome to Waking from the American Dream. And who is this fabulous person calling? Or not. It's the mystery caller. They're like, oh, shit, I've been calling for hours and my phone finally crashed. Nope, they need to try calling again. So, uh, so yeah, um, yeah, it's just been a really wild month of just shifting. And I'm telling you, being in those trees up in the woods, and it's just two hours away from LA. Have you been to Big Bear? Oh, you have to come up, Logan. It's amazing. It's literally two hours away. And you think, oh, well, it's only two hours away. How? But man, we were on this deck and we're on the quiet side of the lake. And, um, just, you know, there's just, it's just like, oh, I found myself up there. Ooh, unknown number. I like that. Hello, unknown number, you mystery caller. Who is this? Hello. Hello? Hi. You need to turn down your feed. Okay. Okay. There you go. I've, ne- I've never gotten to say that. Turn down your radio, sir. <laughs> Who I, wasn't, is, I wasn't sure I was going to get through. Who is this? Uh, it's My name's Pete. Hi, Pete. And you know me as Code Warrior Carling. Hi, Code Warrior Carling. Yes, I do know you as that on the Twitter. Welcome to the uh, show. Thank you. And 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 so t- um, we don't have a ton of time, but I would love to know um, a little bit on the topic. We're just talking about how you have found a way to you know, resist the trappings of the over-mediated, greedy, celebrity-obsessed culture of the American dream. Uh, what do you do well, to I keep just grounded? I wanted to comment that it's, it seems to me that it's, it's actually diluting itself, D-I-L-U-T. It's diluting itself uh-huh, yes. over time and di- dissipating into the masses, sort of in the in a Warhol-ish 15 minutes of fame kind of way. <laughs> yeah, I love this, uh, yes. And the fact that I'm talking to you now, sort of, you know, and there's the sort of seven degrees of separation thing. And <laughs> yes. even though the population, it's, it's, it's like huge now, the number, the number of steps between us is shorter. You know what I mean? So it's, yes. it's it, it is, there is this celebrity thing, but it's, it's not, it's, it's becoming less of a, an external thing to everyone and more and, and more of a thing that we all participate in. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And at the same time, the corporate run media slash in all industry is like trying harder and harder and louder and louder to to force their our attention onto them. They're and- trying to put water in a cage. <laughs> Wow, that's a great visual. That is awesome. Water in a cage. Yes, they are, aren't they? Those silly people. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, the other thing, there was, there is something. I did have a bit of an, an agenda to call you because with the heat deaths lately. Yes. I'm, I'm an engineer, okay, and mm-hmm. I've, I've worked with people that do in-car systems like OnStar and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to get the word out to as many people as possible that technology could help prevent these deaths. Well, that would make sense. So, if, I mean, if you have OnStar, you've, you've got microphones in your car, you've got a, a, the ability for your car to connect with uh, uh, somebody that can unlock the doors or call the police. Um, your car has the ability to measure the cabin temperature. It's thinking when it's when it's not even running anymore. Now, now, just so, just just clarify for me, what is I don't I haven't heard this news item that there, are there some sort of a large amount of deaths happening in cars overheating or something? Well, it's it's uh, it's not a large amount, but it's it's a horrible way to die, and it's getting more all the time. Wow. Um, so, and they're very visible. They're very highly visible, and most people when they hear about it. Their reaction is, you know, oh, they should throw, throw, lock the parents up and throw them away. Oh, these are the kids. The kids locked in cars. Oh. And if you actually look at the statistics, which I went and did when I started to think about this, uh, a a third of the cases are children that managed to get into a car somehow on their own. Uh, uh Uh-huh. And if the cars are becoming smart enough, for example... If you have an iPhone and you put your iPhone in a hot car, your iPhone is smart enough to, to turn itself off for it self-preservation. Do, it, it does, exactly. And maybe cars should know that there's, uh, they can crack windows or something. Yeah, this is fascinating. Yeah, it, fascinating. It, 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 ten years ago, this wouldn't have been possible. But I, I know from working with this kind of systems that, the, that everything's in place except a little bit of software and maybe uh, five bucks worth of parts. They even have, you know, uh, uh, when you're backing up, they have uh, cameras that look out the back of the car, right? Yes. So just put one of those inside the car, and now the car goes, hey, there's something moving in the car, right? Yep, yep. So, so, so if anyone out there uh, has any ideas about um, how he can connect to the car industry or parents and a parents advocate agency of some kind so that you can get the word out in a big way well as i as i can and if they tell other people and everybody starts to think about hey you know you're right what can cars do here's an analogy okay when i was a kid um i uh the fridges used to lock okay and when i was a kid yes uh we were playing in a garage, and the other kids took the handle on the fridge and threw it inside with me as a joke and shut the door in oh the fridge. So now God. the fridge was locked Jesus shut. fucking Christ. And enough kids suffocated from that kind of thing yep. that, at least in Canada here, it's illegal to make or sell fridges that have a lock. Yep, yep. You know? So yep. it just requires people that to think about it. And, uh, you know, hopefully this idea will get to whoever it is that's designing cars and they'll go, hey, you know, I'm in a position to just put a little bit extra software in something. Yeah, no, it's it's great. No. So basically you're raising awareness for this uh, this interesting fact here, which is horrific. But I think this is great. So uh, and and yeah, it's a simple fix. It really is. We have the technology, clearly. I mean, like you said, it's not it's a no brainer. It's just a matter of just solving it and doing it. And no more kids will get locked into cars and 
literally cooked to death, which is a horrific, or, well, a horrific thing. Get them out and probably not be able to, you know, get rid of all of them. But it, it's it's such a low cost. We go to such great lengths. Uh, you know, I mean, I had this discussion with a bunch of people today, and uh, airbags, they're not something that, uh, you know, somebody had to sit there and think about how can we prevent this and come up with an airbag. It wasn't just sort of, hey, <laughs> you have these airbags, if you just stuck them there, they would work. You know what I mean? Right, right. That so is, if the that is. person thinks about this, I'm sure they'll do the right thing. Yes, so I agree. So thank you. Thank you so much for. Having an agenda today, I do appreciate that, and uh, we'll try to get the word out, and uh, you too, try to get the word out, and uh, and uh, we have to wrap up the show, though, today, so I have to go. I'm so sorry to say. All right. Well, um, thanks, uh, thanks for having me, and if people want to follow at Idea Juice, um, I'd be happy to entertain them there. Uh, you always do. I love following you, and it's great to uh, great to connect with you here, and I'll see you in a little bit on Twitter. Okay. Okay, darling. Have a good one. Oh, sorry. Damn, I hit the thing too fast. My my finger was too hot. Uh, well, that was interesting, too. It was like out of the blue. But you know what? It is. It's like uh, I was thinking about that, like a part of the show could be um, if people would let me know. And, and, and this was an interesting thing, too, because he's got an idea for to, to help solve a problem somewhere. But I was thinking about if people have organizations or volunteer opportunities anywhere, and people want me to just kind of promote them a little bit. And because I thought, you know what, we're all we're all here, we all have a couple of extra hours a week, we could solve so many problems if we just knew like, oh, like, I really want to work with animals, and they need me three hours a week or something. We could all get a lot of shit done, you know, if we all connected to each other in, in some real Connecting, connecting. It's all about connecting. That's my new little song. Do you like it? It's great, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> um, um, anyway, I was talking earlier about trees, which is really what it's about. I highly recommend this Wendell Berry guy. I'm telling you, this man... I love him because he's kind of like a curmudgeon a little bit. He's not anti-technology and he's not a Luddite, but um, – and I don't know if he even owns a computer at this point. But he was – like when computers first came out in the early 90s, he completely resisted the idea and he wrote an essay about say, – say, basically the essay is entitled – why will not be buying a computer? And he got all sorts of shit for it because people were like, oh, well, you have your wife to type things and you're taking advantage of her. And he's like, wow, you're assuming a lot about my wife. He's a brilliant, brilliant writer. But um, one of the things that he um, he writes about, which I, I just – I wrote some notes down here today because I just wanted to just share with you guys. First of all, the book I read is called Life is a Miracle. Someone on Twitter turned me on to it. Thank you, Twitter, for all of this. But one of the things I really – he just made me think about stuff and I love that. He He's talking a lot about science and modern scientists and and he talks a lot about technology and how we all think that, oh, technology will solve everything. He But he, he, he mentions in this book a lot about how much technology has created problems for us too and how we don't think about – the ramifications of the long-term effects of these things, that just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. And the fact that more and more universities where all the research for the technology is happening is is being funded by corporate America, that it's all now being driven by profit. So therefore, 
most things that can be done will be done because someone wants to make a buck off of it. And no one, he says, and what happens with scientists is, is they're all working, how does he put it? He says he, they, he works with everybody, they work with everybody's proxy. When they decide to investigate something, let's say the, the nucleus of an atom, which caused then they could make, blow up and make the atom bomb, we all live with the consequences. We don't get a vote. We don't get to all raise our hands and go, um, <clears throat> Maybe that isn't a good idea. Like, I get that it'll be really amazing and exciting and you could do things, but maybe as a species, we're not really ready for that responsibility. So we don't get a vote on this stuff. And so as the as technology and innovation moves forward, which he's not against innovation, he's not against technology, but he just wants to say there's this freedom that science has to do whatever it wants. And he talks about artists also, the freedom of artists. But... We never sit with the responsibility a- aspect of it in a really thoughtful way about how is it going to affect us for the next 10, 50, 100, 200 years. And he really had me questioning. I'm a First Amendment girl through and through, and yet he talks about the effects of media and 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 how it's there's some great things about it, and yet there's also been some really not-so-great consequences of, of what – media has done to separate us from the natural world. His big thing is about connecting to the natural world. So he's really made me sit with things in a different way. And, and I love that. And I love people that can do that. Um, and uh, I think that's what it's all about. So check out Wendell Berry. He writes poetry. He writes essays. He's written a ton of books. This guy's really prolific. And he's a farmer, which I love. And he's very committed to the natural world. And I just want to go sit on his porch with his oak trees and pine trees. I don't know what kind of trees he has, but I don't know where he is. He's got to be in the Midwest somewhere if he's a farmer. Um, A few more thoughts uh, before we end the show. Uh, A note to myself I wrote, note to self, stop trying so hard. And and I love this note to myself because the, the question and the reality is, is, you know, we're, we're all striving. We're all trying all the time. We've, we all have this fucking perfectionistic list in our, you know, thing about what our life is supposed to look like and how good we're supposed to be doing it. And we're at a certain age and what level of life does that age mean? And what is our life supposed to look like? And the question I'm asking myself and want to ask all of you is, what happens the minute you stop trying so hard? First of all, I can just tell you my whole body relaxes. <laughs> That's the first thing that happens. So there's a whole bunch of questions around that. What's available to you when you stop trying so hard? What 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 do you have freedom to do now when you stop trying so hard? There's just a ton of questions you can ask yourself around that. So that's that's kind of my inquiry of the week. You know, it's kind of like it's what I do with my coaching clients. I give them a big question to live into at the end of the session. So I'm giving you all folks a big question to live into. What happens when you stop trying so hard? All right, everyone, we've come to that time of the show where we are done. Thank you so much for all of my callers and all of my friends who called in, um, really touched by your stories and your connection. And thank you so much for the support of this podcast. Um, If you can afford it financially, um, please support us financially. Uh, Go to um, my website, uh, kellycarlin.com forward slash 
waking. And there's a PayPal button. Uh, please give us some money. We do appreciate uh, both the financial love and the non-financial love, but it, it does let us know. And also send me an email at contactkellycarlin at gmail.com. Even if you can't support us financially, let us know how we are affecting your lives, how how you know, how this podcast does something for your week and for your day. Um, that means the world to both Logan and I, because um, it's why we do it. We do it to, to connect with everyone and to have an impact in the world, just like you do your work to have an impact. So let us know what our impact is. Um, thank you, Logan, for being here. Thanks for uh, just great music this week. Oh, my God, you have to thank Eric for us. Um, I'm going to be uh, buying his CD. Fantastic. Uh, thank you to Will uh, Wilkins at Smodcast who takes care of our feed and he said he's beefed it all up and they've got extra special transformers on it and everything like that and I know he's probably listening. Thanks Will for all the support. You always make me smile. Thank you Kevin Smith for supporting uh, Smodcast, having Smodcast, having me on it, uh, for loving me and crying through my one person show. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle Cease. Everyone go to kylecease.com if you're going to be in L.A. on the 19th, 20th, and 21st. Come see me speak. It'll be my second official speaking gig, but it really feels like my first official speaking gig. I'm really excited. Um, and uh, support georgecarlinway.com if you can. Sign a petition. Go go support Kevin and his uh, amazing lineup of comics. And next week, we have a very special guest. I'm really excited. Uh, we have Peter Joseph, who is the founder and creator and vision behind the Zeitgeist movement. So uh, Peter and I will have a most fantastic conversation, I have no doubt. And uh, we're going to go out on a song. What are we going to go out with, Logan? Drop of Honey by Eric Cuffs. All right. It's an Eric Cuffs kind of day here, people. So everyone, stay awake. Dream a little dream. Go connect to your loved ones. Go sit out in the forest. Listen to the birds. Go look at the ocean. Go um, put some sand in your pockets. I don't know. Go be one with nature. Love you all. Have a great week. See you then. Seeds were taken at the wildlife sold you an overnight sensation, but I know how you paid your dues. I've seen that before, and I don't know. For a little drop of honey A spoonful is poison But you know you need a fix What ain't enough to kill you, darling Can only make you sick So I ain't waiting But that bell
This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com. Kevin Smith and his wife, Jen Schwalbach, have traveled the globe, selling out theaters left and right. The Secret Stash now proudly presents One Sold-Out Night in London, available on vinyl, as in that thing you put on a turntable. Plus one, Murica. Crank up some goddamn funny storytelling. Recounting the night that one of Smodco's royal family OD'd on weed. Pick up Plus One, Murica, in regular or limited autographed editions. Available exclusively on jandsilentbob.com. Here are the latest dates to catch a live Smodco show, courtesy of csmod.com. July 19th, HBO gets geeky at the House of Blues in San Diego during Comic-Con. The super groovy cartoon movie invades Louisville, Kentucky on July 24th, Austin on the 25th, and on the 26th, Kevin Ralph skewer the celebs with HBO at the Hollywood Improv. The groovy movie makes a return engagement to L.A. at the New Beverly on July 27th. And looking ahead to August, the animated tour makes a pit stop in Richmond on August 24th, in Charlotte, North Carolina on August 25th. And on September 14th, the groovy cartoon movie invades Montreal Comic Con. Remember, ticket links to all of these dates can be found at csmod.com.